welcome in to another episode of Stub Me Down. My name is JW, and of course, as always, I am here with my best friend Skinny, who made his triumphant return to the anthem this weekend after being politely asked to leave at the last show he was at. We actually discussed this in a previous episode of Stub Me Down, Skinny, in Season 3, Episode 9 great episode to go back and listen to but it was awesome to be back in the venue with you i know that you did not make it to the encore which was a very cool jessica allman brothers cover but it was awesome to be at the show with you and uh say hello to the people my friend uh well hello people and hello to you i yeah i um you know it was there's been a lot of stress man so we were happy to be there it was a great time but i think a little too much too fast. And plus, we had the Uber back from D.C. So listen, <laughs> all you people that want to say shit about me missing the encore, well, I can't afford a $300 hotel room in D.C. <laughs> so so, so we, we left. <laughs> it had been a long day anyway. We were at a memorial service for uh, an old friend of yours and um, to, to some extent mine, but... Um, our friend Jenny passed away a couple weeks ago, and so uh, we were celebrating her memory. She was a huge deadhead back in the day, so it was nice to see some Grateful Dead in the evening. You know, a lot of uh, emotion and kind of all came to a head in the evening after a long day. But nonetheless, it was still a, a great time, and we had a nice little crew there for the J-Rad experience. And I got to tell you, man, J-Rad puts on such a great show. They really do. They breathe new life into the Grateful Dead's catalog. And the one thing, man, they faked me out a whole bunch of times on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they're good at that. Where yeah. they, you know, I thought they were going to play Eyes of the World, and it ended up being second that emotion. You right, know, like, that was good. I remember yeah. that. And the Ruben um, and Cherise. But they the Ruben throw sliders. Cherise was really good. Yeah. yeah and they as throw I said, sliders. They, they encored with Jessica, which was just a huge dance party that sent us out. So a great night overall. And hey, man, love it live, right? Anthem's a great place to see a show. So yeah, it really is. Be back there soon. Skinny, on the last episode of Stub Me Down, the first episode of season four, we had an awesome guest, RJB from Osiris Media, joined us, and he stubbed us down on our very first Goose show, Skinny. Goose with Trey Anastasio from Radio City Music Hall on June 25th, 2022, last summer. We had a lot of fun talking to him, didn't we? And, I mean, yeah, we did. are we honkers now? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> think, I don't even know what that means, dude. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you if I'm honking anything right now, but listen. Release the geese. <laughs> I like a lot of what they do. I thought the conversation was great because he gave us so much information about after the show. And, you know, he was backstage with those guys and there was a lot of stuff that he gave us that we didn't know about. And then I was just listening to the show and I was connected to the show and really got into a band that I didn't know the catalog, but now I'm just listening to more and more and, I got to tell you, I agree with RJ a lot about lyrics, kind of presence. And for those that are hating on it, I don't know. I guess the question, which would be existential, and you don't really need to answer this, J-Dubs. Okay. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> what is the problem, man? What's the problem? So that's all. That's all I got. Yeah. But it was a great conversation. It was. And, and the shows that 
Goose and Trey Band have been playing the last week or so have been really good. I've heard bits and pieces. I've heard some of the collaborations. But one of the things we also talked about with RJ was the number of really cool covers that Goose is doing. A couple of ones that they threw out the first night of tour, they did Electric Avenue, which was really cool, really funky. That, that was a great video on MTV, by the way. Like uh, that's a that yeah. that was one of my first memories of, you know, I'm old, so at, at 52, I remember the Eddie Grant Electric Avenue, and that was a huge hit uh, around that time. And I can't believe that was a huge hit. Like my daughter is 12, and I was 12 when that song came out. So it's kind of man, I don't know. Life is a circle with Eddie Grant. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they did Hollywood Nights, Bob Seger, and then I think I saw Don't Do It on the list too, man. So I, it's just cool. I think it's fun to see. I can't wait to catch them, but it was fun to hear from RJ. You know, everybody's talking about Goose right now. Obviously, Trey's playing with them. There was all the Torch conversation, and Goose is the next. And, you know, I don't really engage in all that. I mean, with me, you do. <laughs> I look at it this way it's fucking music. If you right. like it, listen to it. If you like it a lot, go see it. If you don't, okay, go fucking see what you do like to go see. And there's enough negativity in the world. And uh, Well, Taylor yeah. Swift fans are finding out what we go through all yeah, the time. I, so. heard, I heard about the Taylor Swift <laughs> Ticketmaster debacle. Fortunately, I was not tasked with getting... Well, AOC is all over it now. I guess she's a Taylor Swift fan because I saw her like saying Ticketmaster is terrible, and I'm like, where have you been, Senator? I'd love to. She's a Congresswoman. I would love to get. uh, (laughs) Aren't they the same thing? I'd like to get some trust busting going on Ticketmaster. I digress, as we tend to here on Stub Me Down. But here today, episode two of our fourth season, Skinny, and we're rolling with another guest today, man. I guarantee you that at some point you've probably voted for a song or two in any of the fish brackets that have come out in the last couple years. Today we are bringing in a, really a member of the community, a member of the podcasting community, a big member of the fish lot scene. So it gives us, Skinny, great pleasure to welcome to Stub Me Down Tim Donahue from Wook Plus. Tim, bro, hey, thanks for joining us, man. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for being on. Yeah, man, we're, we're excited to have you on, man. It's awesome. This is great. I love talking to you guys. You guys came on our show on Wook Plus, and we've interacted. We ran into you at AC, and I don't know. I'm more than happy to be here. This is awesome. You know, that's the the part that we love a lot is like making these connections. And I think when we were on your show this summer, that was like the one thing I said to Josh was like, you know, we got to get those guys from Weekend Wook on our show. So, yeah, man, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, of course. We appreciate it. It's a lot to follow up with RJ. He's, he's a great guest, too. <laughs> man, listen. We'll we'll talk about this later, but listen, there's nothing wrong with second slots. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. RJ's a busy guy, and uh, we were grateful that he gave us a little bit of his time. You know, the funny thing about him, Tim, is you know he took love of music and turned it into something a little bit more than that. You know, with him, it started it's with the dream, right? A lot of people, that's their dream. Yeah. So you know, you start with one podcast, and all of a sudden, you're you kind of own a corner of the media world in 
our community, our scene, right? Well, I mean, Wook Plus kind of occupies a little bit of a similar space there. Can you talk a little bit about like what the generation of Wook Plus was and where you see it going now that you've been around for a little bit? You've got some legs, you've got a few shows, you've got, you know, some familiar faces with you and Kev and Yeah. Yeah, so have you ever... I'm a subscriber, by the way. I just want to say that first and foremost. I'm a subscriber. Oh, right, yeah. So. Have you ever had, like, a really bad, like, just stupid-ass idea, and you just say it jokingly to some friends, and all of a sudden it grows legs? That essentially is what Wook Plus was. It was about three years ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but there's just, like, this surge of, like, Disney Plus and Apple Plus and Plus Plus and... You know, there's like all these pluses. And I was like, hey, it'd be funny as hell to start a YouTube channel and call it Wook Plus. And then everybody was like, all right, I'm in, <laughs> you know, and then right. I met a bunch of the guys and uh, and then we started building it. And three months after we started it, the uh, world shut down. So we went from like a really loose schedule of like, oh, I'll get to when I can. We'll just it's stupid. To, we have a lot of extra time. So, you know, we went in, went in hard. And then I guess what really was the big catalyst was dinner and a movie. So like all of us just missed being online and like hanging out with the friends and the crew and like doing that whole thing. So we would do Zoom meetings. We didn't even have like the expense of like streaming any of that shit. It was just like a Zoom meeting that we broadcast and we bring guests on. And then all of a sudden, a week later, I had, or a couple weeks later, I had like Tom Marshall on. We had O'Teal Burbridge on. Like we've had like Karina Reichman. Like we've just had like insane guests for a bunch of dudes that just missed hanging out and. You know, so it grew into something. I don't want to diminish it entirely, but I'm not sure where it's going to go next. You know, it's it's I like to just let it be an organic thing and see. I don't really have an angle. I'm not trying to conquer anything. I just want to, <laughs> you know, let it let it live. That, re that reminds me of that. Yeah, that, that live. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me of uh, like heavy metal. It's like, relax, I've got an angle. And like, I don't I don't see that from you guys. Um, when I listen to you, well, and I watch too, just like when I'm hanging around at home and I do get onto YouTube, you were talking, I, I think just like the other week about how like our jam bands mainstream and, and like those are interesting conversations for me, especially considering what Josh and I do as a hobby. And like, we don't know, you know, where this is going to take us. But um, I like to say a lot of times, especially to guests that we have on that do a similar thing, it's like there's kind of this symbiosis. You know, we do that with we've had a couple of collaborations with Brian Weinstein from Attendance Bias. So I, I just think, I mean, what's the worst part about it? That like it's good or <laughs> like, you know, we make relationships and I, I think we've done that with you. So that's that that to me is like the amazing part. I think the relationships are the best part of it, the best byproduct that comes out of it like there is a, an adrenaline rush i think for content creation if anyone's familiar with it and like whether it's a podcast or youtube or whatever there's an adrenaline of like putting yourself out there and getting like the affirmation of your thoughts or whatever and i know it's a little uncomfortable or uneasy for people to talk about but that is part of the equation that's why people put themselves out there is that adrenaline rush but then there's also the ability to explore the music and the topics that are we're so passionate about Right. We, my theory is all of us that do this would be doing this anyway and probably do do this anyway all the time. It's just occasionally we record it and share it with people. But the biggest aspect, I guess, out of all of that is the, the connections and the relationships to like this last tour going to the shows. I'd never had that experience in my life of like 
every show, regardless where I was, I would see somebody I knew and have a connection with and could shoot the shit with. And sometimes it was a little more superficial, right? Like, sure. And then other times it was way more deep, but I don't know, man, this community is awesome. I'm off on like a million tangents. Already. No, you're not. I mean, no, I yeah, love that. And, man. You know, you, yeah. if you think about it, the podcast community, right, is kind of a microcosm of the larger fish community or the larger jam band community. Basically trying to extend the experience of the show by talking about the either shows we've been to in the past, shows that are upcoming, and all that goes into that. And we've just added another layer to what the fish community is. And not everybody in the fish community listens to local community-type podcasts, right? Like small ones like us. But if you are a part of that scene, then you know some people at fan art. You know, you've, you've met different people in different aspects and it almost changes a little bit how you go to shows um i think about when we went to osiris had a a pre-show event with tom marshall in atlantic city one one afternoon you know so we went and like checked that out and then there's you know meetups and i know you guys do like setups when you're going to be in the dick slot or you know at a run for a couple of nights yeah i think we ran into you at the man you guys were parked right behind us and we had the flags up which is awesome yeah and so there adds it (laughs) yeah the flags are awesome i gotta admit that it adds that kind of deeper element to it we've created this it's an in-person realm, but then it's also this virtual realm where we can, you know, like you said, kind of do the same thing that we would be doing regardless. We're just keeping track of it a little bit closer by recording it. Right, and documenting yeah. it, right? I always like to think it's it's a weird line this past couple of years with, like, the flags and stuff because, like, we're inviting people through social media and everything to, like, be part of a bigger crew, so like there is like an artificial inflation from that, but I always like to think that all the stuff we're doing is the is just a, another example of what everyone else around the lot is doing with their crews. It's just the crew that we are at that table or tent happens to be a little more digitally connected and you know doing those things on social media. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's uh. That's a great community. You know, you just want to welcome people in. If it's the person that's at their first show or, you know, somebody celebrating their 100th, like you just want to open the tent. No gatekeeping. Everybody's in. Exactly. Everybody come on in. Unless you're talking about Goose, and then apparently half the fan base (laughs) turns into douchebags. Like they're also when people are playing Goose on lot, you know. Oh, dude, I'm gonna. People are gonna like whisper as they walk by. I'm gonna go out in our parking lot at our hotel room at the Hampton Inn and just crank like Radio City Goose or something. (laughs) You can tell the Goose fans on lot though because the mustaches. It's like you remember when it used to be like the Deadheads and like the like original Fish fans, you know, that didn't come in from the dead. You could always tell them apart by like age and. And like the shirts they wore and stuff. It's like now you can't tell by any of that, but you could tell by the mustaches as a clear giveaway of who's on lot. Is that a thing? Like apparently. <laughs> they all do. You haven't noticed that? I feel like the, ma- I've the seen majority them, of their fan base. But I mean, you know, like living like in Baltimore, we have a lot of hipsters here. So it's like you can't. <laughs> right. You know, it'd be like me walking up. It's not necessarily out of the ordinary to see a mustache. I see you have a mustache. Do you know the band goose? <laughs> <laughs> be an interesting survey. 
But I, yeah, I think people get gatekeepy really quick. That's what I, I, and I love about this type of content too, just to kind of piggyback off what Josh is saying is that it is about community and making relationships. And like, I'm, you know, the community is always fractured at some point. I mean, it was like that back in, you know, when I was seeing the dead. So I, I saw them in uh, like 90 at, at Pittsburgh and it, they played a dark star or I forget, maybe it wasn't Pittsburgh, but whatever. And I remember walking by this like old head who was like, I was like, ah, oh. you know, I think I said it out loud, like an aside, like a Shakespeare play, like, man, dark star, you know, but I'm 20 and I'd never seen one before. I didn't see the Hampton shows. You know, I missed those. And like, he's like, man, wasn't as good as Hampton. No, I hate <laughs> so, that so much. Yeah, there's always been that guy or I girl that's just like, no, you're not allowed in because you didn't see that show. But if you say it online, I almost give it more of a pass, right? Because I know people give people trouble or, or guff on like Twitter if they're like a little too critical. But I feel like that's a platform where people are like sharing their critiques and criticism. I think outside of a show, when you're leaving and you're like, holy shit, that dark star. And then some like Wook just has to. You know, with their like smoky breath, it's just like, oh, it's better than it. Like, don't do that on live. That's not because when I'm leaving a show, that is, except for uh, Charleston Night Three, which was a terrible nightmare a couple years ago. I was there. Uh, but aside from that night, every time I'm leaving a show, that in the moment was the best show I'd ever seen. And I don't ever want to lose that because if I lose that feeling after a show, there's, it's not worth all of the time and money and PTO and family negotiating i'll say like it's not like like my family supports and loves what i do but like when you have that kind of passion there's like there's a game the you know what i mean like sure you're using that amount that you have so um yeah i guess my point is that i don't ever want to lose that at the show that said if you come out a couple days later and you want to be a little critical like that's fine like i think it's gr art needs to have a little bit of criticism to it you know like it needs to be critiqued a little bit you can have, I agree with that. That's acceptable. Um, and I, th that's, that's based on reflection Yeah. where I think a lot of times with Twitter and, and this age, it just seems like everything is so reactionary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything. There's no accounting for taste because <laughs> <laughs> you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. You know, Skinny and I have talked about this on several occasions in the past. Sometimes some things just don't hit your ear the right way in a physical sense. And, you know, there's some songs that no matter how good the version is, like it just does not hit me where I jam. And so I think there's complaining about song selection, like I prefer this, but they didn't play it. And then there's, oh, Trey missed a note or he was sloppy. You know, I guess it really depends on what the context of the complaint yeah. is. Um, but I mean, there's plenty to go around I, <laughs> of all of the different kinds. I'd like to sit here and bitch about all the types of complaining I hate, but I know somebody will be able to go back <laughs> right. and find me being a hypocrite. And find an example. And, right. uh, so I don't want to say anything. I do feel like set list uh, moaning is a little bit more frustrating than like playing wise, right? Like when people are like, oh, I hate that set list. Because lately, too, I feel like there's been so many incredible moments and jams that have come from really unexpected places. And I feel yeah. like it's kind of lazy to just read a set list and judge a show. Right. Like, I, sure. so I think that's the one that's a little more uh, aggravating. 
you know, but like Trey and and that did, happened. That happened a lot this summer. A lot this were, summer. There, I mean, that kind of was like the theme. I feel like of some of these summer shows where they were jamming. Well, there were like a leaves. I think I don't remember all the, but there was one night that there was yeah, a Jones leaves Beach, that just leaves. had a Jones yeah. Beach. Yeah. yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. And like, no, if you just read the set list, what else were we talking about? Well, they're like uh, the wave of hope. Like but that's not something you would even, you know, expect to go to go deep like that. Yeah, right. You wouldn't expect yeah. the leaves to go deep. Wave of Hope is something that you wouldn't expect to go deep. I mean, it, they went really deep in AC with that. Yeah. We in our last season, we talked to uh, Jake Jalavet, and he was like, "Wave of Hope, what'd you think at the forum?" And he's like, "I, I, we didn't know what it was, and you know what I mean." I was like, "That happens sometimes." Like, you know, I turned to whoever, I'm like, "What is this?" Like, yeah. You know, I actually think that's kind of cool. I don't. I'm glad that still happens. Right. Like how, how magical is that, that there's still surprises and then you have to go back and you're like, when, when we were at AC and they busted out heavy rotation, that was like one of the first times I had been genuinely right? stumped in a very long time where I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this is, but I was digging it. I might've had to look that up to write yeah. it down for sure. Yeah. You know? I didn't know what it and, was. And, and, and look, and that, that doesn't happen unless it's like a debut. So, you know, and the, you know, the more shows you see, the more infrequently that happens. But anyway, that was a quite a tangent about uh, <laughs> setless complaints and stuff like that. Um, let's, let's bring it back. So Tim is actually going to be stubbing us down today. Uh, if you are new to Stub Me Down, welcome in. The premise of the show is that Skinny and I have been friends for – decades and over the course of that time we've seen a lot of concerts together and what we do is we choose a ticket stub at random from our piles of stubs and we use that concert as a jumping off point to talk about obviously the music but our friendship the funny things that have happened along the way from time to time we like to bring in a guest stub downer so today we've got tim who is going to be pulling a stub from his collection Skinny, got anything else before we get into Tim's show today? No, I don't. But, I mean, we got to spend a little bit of time talking about brackets when he announces the show. <laughs> I just want to talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, I actually have a note about that based on um, something that was in this set. So. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. You're very, oh. you're very intelligent. I so I could guess what that is. Then, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, then, Tim from Wook Plus, you ready to stub me and skinny down today, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So today I got September 2nd of this year, 22. It was the Dick's Lightning Round, as I like to call it, the washed out set. Oh, I love the lightning round part of it. I wouldn't have called that that. I was going to say rain set because we were watching it from home. We didn't go this year. We had thought about it. And then I we kind of skip sometimes because, you know, it's like being a teacher and, and trying to get back. After That's a hard weekend for teachers or educators. Yeah, like I've done it. You know what I mean? But like you have to get that timing right. And hopefully you don't get any like delays home from Denver all the way to the East Coast and the next day it's like here come the kids you know what i mean so but man sitting at home and watching that happen i literally didn't think that the show was going to get started yeah it was wild well it's interesting because this was the first time they had done a four night dicks run yeah 
all the other all the other times have been three nights. So they added that Thursday night. My wife and I were supposed to be there for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we were coming home Sunday because of of work. Unfortunately, we had to bail at the last minute. Our oldest daughter was pretty sick and ended up in the hospital. So we we, we did have a conversation about leaving her in the hospital <laughs> and going to – it was a very brief one. And I, she was older. I said, she's an older daughter. <laughs> she's older, right. She is 18. Uh, we, we did not go to Dick's, everybody. Please don't. Ashlyn, I love you. I'm so glad you're better. Um, but we did not go, and I – was pouting and did not watch any of the first night, especially because they opened with Sand, which is my favorite tune. So I was instantly blown as a result of that. But watching the developments on Friday, Tim, take us through that a little bit. You guys get to the lot and, you know, Skinny and I always joke about talking about the weather at shows, (laughs) but it is such a huge factor um, so take us through a little bit the day into, you know, the postponement and all that stuff. Sure. So I don't know if it was like historically warm or hot, you know, compared to other years or for other people. But for me, at that point in the summer, it was particularly hot all day. The whole Friday was really hot and all day that day was really hot or yeah, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, and it's also insanely dry. And like, I guess people that maybe live out there are like, yeah, no shit. But like I grew up on the East Coast and like (laughs) low humidity is still like 20, 30 percent humidity. Right. And like I'm used to much higher humidity and you go out there and like nosebleeds. Oh, it's dust boogers. Dust boogers. And and so like I guess why I bring all that up is because the last thing in my mind was like a washout. Right. Because like I had one in Camden a couple of years ago where we had like the the tornado warnings and i think this year at like blossom or something there oh yeah so like it happens but i never expected it there for just for that reason it was so hot and then i guess we'll jump around but ultimately when it did finally start to rain there was a lot of other like panic and a lot of other things going on but one thing that kind of in a very like physical sense was the washing away of all the heat and the dryness and it just kind of felt like this very exciting purging of all that you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a, it's hard to explain those physical phenomenons with words on a podcast, but that was kind of like, a, it felt like a cleansing for the weekend. And from that point on, it was just pure fire and enjoyment. That's actually a really great description because that kind of, that's why we do this show. <laughs> it's just like trying to somehow illuminate that experience. And like last year, 2021, the weather was just absolutely perfect. I, I mean, I remarked on it so many times. I took so many pictures of like, I don't know, I'm behind gate A with like the sun setting. Yeah. And the weather was dry, which they're again, they're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> and I'm, but, <laughs> you know, we don't have 80% humidity in August and September. So I would have been freaked out a little bit that the fact that it was like something was going to happen in regards to the weather. Because it, it sometimes it puts you into this different kind of mojo or groove for the show. Like it's almost like you're prepping, like doomsday prepping for, you know, this might be a nightmare. Let's get in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think it was a little bit exaggerated for us because we were on Shakedown this year, which if you're familiar with Shakedown at Dick's, it's like a dirt lot. Yeah. So they have like the nice grassy knolls and the nice paved lots. But if you go to Shakedown, it's like it is a dust bowl in and of itself. So. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's like awful. white herps walking by and like, yeah, it's <laughs> Was there some uncertainty whether they were even going to play at all? Like, you know, where were you and like your crew as far as is the band going to play? Because that's a very anxiety inducing type of, at least for me, you know, I've been to some weather delayed shows and it's like, fuck, are yeah. we going to get this thing? Oh, it's not just you. I could. I could see anxiety ridden over like everybody's face. I myself, for whatever reason, like it was a big hurdle to get out to Denver for me. And like I was there and I kind of just resolved myself to be like, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to stress about anything. So like not to be all like whatever, but I, that's just where I was mentally. But I was looking around and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of you angst and anxiety on people's faces. And I guess it starts to sit in like, all right, tonight's not going to happen. But I don't know. There's like a skepticism too, right? Like we all got into the stands. It was crowded. The the whole crew was kind of getting torn apart. It was hard to all be together. And you start hearing rumors of like people get a text message. Oh, this was on Twitter. The storm's coming in. It's not going to happen. And you're like, oh, you're full of shit, right? Like, and then like, the more you hear it, and then you see all that anxiety, you know, yeah, it's like it sinks in. But then they call it, right? You have to leave. Everybody rushes out. And we can talk about that period of time when everybody's out. But then when everybody gets the call to come back in, it was like this instant reset. Everybody just came running back in. All the groups were reconsolidated, right? You could tell that, like, it was, when everybody comes in like that at the same time, the seating becomes so much more comfortable rather than, like, slowly condensing and grinding the, the stands, right? Because, like, it starts loosely packed, and then more and more people come in and it gets tighter. So... I don't know the energy coming in. It was so loose and and exciting, and it was a really great way to start a show. That's amazing, man. I mean, you're saying that it's difficult for you to express that, but kudos, <laughs> kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> because I'm sitting here like my mouth hanging up, and like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and I think you did a, a good job describing like the palpable shift in crowd energy from. Is this going to happen? What's going to happen? Would, when are we going to find out when what's going to happen? I, now I just want to know, is it going to be canceled or is the show going to go on? You know, yeah, what, is that guy, what are they talking about? Is it going to happen? Right. What, what's Do going on? Do you know on? anything? What about that group over there? Do they know something? Oh, I heard that so-and-so knows somebody related to the band, but they were right. talking and about And who has some... an app. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it, then it becomes, you know, it's telephone. Right. And, you know, you don't know what's real and what's not. Oh, bring it back to the whole content creation People assume you know shit, too, because like, oh, you're on YouTube. So then people start asking you. I was just about to ask you. <laughs> right. They're like, they're like, look, is this going to happen? What is, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't I'm not like texting Tom Marshall. Like, you know, I don't know the answer, but they all turn to you. I got a lot of people asking me. And I think that's why I had to force myself into that Zen spot where I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever happens is going to happen because there was a lot of that. I had to I, I had to ask. I have that written down in my notes is because of, you know, your status in the, you know, the online community, but also in the physical community, like people look to you as a source of information now. And, you know, meanwhile, it's like just a bunch of hippies. Hanging out <laughs> I don't know shit, man. I'm just trying to drink a beer, man. I don't I know the same as Wook you. is in the name. Right. Like, <laughs> you should be like, uh, yeah. are you still are you a subscriber? And then I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll, we'll make sure, you know, Wook Plus is, is not the first. It's maybe like the fourth or fifth <laughs> check. Well, for, for I'm not really advertising the this show that well. It's like, yeah, don't come, don't come watch Wook Plus. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Are you saying that you're like the USA Today of fish news? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the I'm like the antithesis of RJB and Osiris. They're like they got their shit together so well, and I love them for it. And then I come on episode two, and I'm just like, nah, I don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's fine. We prep too, and sometimes we digress into like stuff that we're not sure about. I mean, you know, it just it's happened already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you decide where. <laughs> Tim, I, I have to ask you, you know, so you guys are in, I guess it was the second time when people were back in, it was still raining, but the weather was going to be clearing, and that's when uh, the naked guy was running around on the floor. The naked guy. What is it with fish fans getting fucking naked, man? I I, I know, well, and especially at dicks. I feel like they just have dicks on the mind all day, and they're like, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do later. Right. Uh, <laughs> I ran into that guy the next day. He didn't have a ticket, and he had a sign. He's like, I'm the naked guy looking for a miracle or whatever, and he was like, I mean, I'm not the only one that walked, ran into it, I'm sure, because he was wandering a lot all day. It's a marketing play. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I guess he just was a streaker. It was like something, I don't know. It's a really wild thing to see at a show, I guess. And he had, like, Timberlands on. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like... Like, real wook shit, yeah. like, too. Like, <laughs> like, I could call myself a wook, but I'm like, you know, that was like a, you know what I mean, like a real yeah, wook. Yeah, he was a real wook. And he had he had the whole bird's nest thing going. I'm like, none of this should be happening. But that's like, how you know that's a great show and a great night because it has that as a story. Be like, oh yeah, nine two. Oh, I don't remember that. The one with the naked guy. Everybody remembers it. Well, you know what? That's a great segue, Tim, into the actual set because when you get these weather impacted shows the band has to cut it short they you know they'll do one long set with no set break usually you're gonna get something pretty good out of it the band's gonna come out they're gonna be ready to rip there is that energy i think of expectation from the crowd and then of course in this particular show not only do you have that anticipation but you also have that relief energy that the band is gonna be playing i think that that really solidifies again that energy shift that you had from earlier where there was that anxiety and the angst and what's going to happen and who knows something, please somebody tell me something to now we're going to fucking blow this place up. Yeah. You know that you can really see kind of the energy arc there. I, I like in the start of this show more to like a rapid slingshot or sling rather than like a powder keg. Like normally you're at a show and it's full and you're all talking and bullshitting and like the lights go down and then you hear that initial like roar actually before the lights when they see the when the few people see him coming out of the tunnel and they start cheering and then you have that initial roar and then you have it right this one it was like it's raining we don't know if the show's gonna happen all of a sudden the show's gonna happen everybody starts running in some people were still on the lot when they made that announcement they gave you like three or four minutes you know so like you could see the stands and the floor filling up and right as the floor gets to the back to the soundboard and right as the stands get to the top they just come out so it's like instantly like you're into that you know glow stick moment without any of the sitting around or anything you know what i mean like it's just like this much grander eruption of energy and to your point about it being a shorter set 
them coming out with Karini is a very, it's a statement piece. It's like, we're here to, you know, melt some faces and to really make the most out of this situation. Skinny, why don't you hit the set? Yeah, definitely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 we love it, man. I'm sorry, because I guess it was time anyway. They come out and they play a Karini into a You Enjoy Myself, into a Ghost, into a Julius, Reba, Tube into Tweezer. The Tube is like just five seconds short of 10 minutes. <laughs> into what's the use into Weekapog into no man's land well no men in no man's land into Weekapog groove into moon age daydream into chalk dust torture and then they encore with pebbles and marbles and of course tweezer reprise so there's a lot to talk about i thought it was interesting too that they sound checked quantity because we saw that last fall, and I, like, that's one of the, I'm like, were they really thinking about playing that that night? That's interesting. Or did they play that the next couple nights? I don't think they did. No, I don't no, think so. Didn't. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting that they soundcheck that. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting, too, about, Tim, you said they come out and they, you know, they fucking punch you in the head with a sledgehammer with a Karini and you know instantly from the, the the first notes you're in it right um and so i had to look back because i saw fish we saw fish my wife and i saw them um in 2019 at fenway park and night two of that july 6 was a weather show it ended up being a single set and they came out and they opened with carini and it was the same type of thing i mean same type of set like there were no dogs in the set. They came out, they swung hard, but they did it from the opening notes. And then I was like, is that a thing when they have weather delayed sets? Do they open with Karini? So I went down a little bit of a wormhole. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. So Bonnaroo was a single set, um, but that was planned. It wasn't a weather. That was, uh, let's see, June 14th, 2019. Bonnaroo was a single set. They opened with Karini. And then the other more recent single set was at Pine Knob this past August, August 3rd. They actually opened with I Never Needed You Like This Before, but there was a Karini in that set, so <laughs> um, it seems like if... Can you imagine... Sorry, can you imagine having a one-set show, and you're like, ready, like we were just describing, and then he comes out with I Never Needed You Like This Before? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah. I'll go get another beer. Right. Which I think that that version was probably pretty good. That's another one of those tunes where, you know, it's unexpected that they can they can kind of take it deep. I don't recall if they took the pine knob. I don't remember. I needed you like this before deep. But I know that there was a Karini in that, in that set. But I just thought that that was interesting, especially it's a statement piece, like you said, for them to come out and say, hey, we're going to throw it down right now and we're going to play this. And then, I mean, then they back it up with a You Enjoy Myself. So... Skinny talking about the two-hole a little bit earlier. This is pretty awesome to start this show, and you're talking almost 30 minutes of music here. Yeah. Some heavy hitters right out of the gate. Um, it's really got to really gotta get everybody in a pretty, pretty awesome mood. Yeah, I mean, that Carini, the one last thing I'll say about that is the other good thing about it is that it's a jam vehicle. So it has the power with, like, you know, the heavier metal feel to it and, like, get people headbanging and dancing right away. But it also shows that they were not going to just do a strict festival type set of just like shorter songs. They were still willing to do a little bit of exploring and jamming and hitting the 11 mark. Now, I know like the previous year they were doing 20 plus minutes every show. But this year, 2022, there were a lot of 11 to 15 minute jams. That was kind of the bread and butter this year. So that was a really appropriate way to start. 
Yeah, and to that Yem, um, this was the song of the summer, I think, for me. They, they're bringing back jams after the vocal jam yeah. and, and the new energy and, and the rejuvenation of the most played fish song of all time was great all summer. So I think this was another really great Yem. Yeah, and then the second song, like from a Karini going into the second song, and then it's a You Enjoy Myself. And, you know, once Paige hits the clap and they, they do it the dirt, you know, they, they, they definitely get down to it. And sometimes it's always going to be that way. But sometimes they dance around that jam a little bit. Like, it's not, it's not always like, uh, all right, everybody's going to be flying. You know what I mean? But this one definitely is. Like, I'm sure that once that started, when it drops after that, you know, composed piece... I'm sure everybody in that place was just absolutely flying off the handle. The big, the big moment or eruption I remember of that was the, the build up into the boy man got shit. Where it's like, ah, oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The like literally the whole venue just got down like they're watching a 1990 MTV rap video. Like you would be like, just boom, hit it all at once, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, the, yeah. it was just an eruption of energy. Like I don't honestly can't remember the last time I felt that much of that energy in a venue. Probably like maybe the Bakers or something. Like it was that ecstatic. Because again, we were talking about the setup with the rain, and so yeah, that I think was the eruption. And then when it goes into the out of the composed piece into more of the jam, I think it was just a great carrying on, just riding that wave of the energy that had built up through the whole composed section. It's probably a lot of letting go in there too for a lot of people. Like I am so happy to just yeah i've stopped thinking yeah yeah i don't have to think anymore i don't have to think about the rain or is the bus open or where am i gonna go where's my stop and it's just like that's enough yeah you know that's great breathing the second jam that has made its return to you enjoy myself has been really cool and you know what it does is it makes for some awesome transitions too into what they're playing next and here they go into ghost which clocks in just under about 12 minutes 11 and a half minutes but this is (laughs) a really dope ghost i mean this is in 12 minutes under 12 minutes they pack a lot in here i mean they do get a little bit type two as i said that seg into the beginning of ghost is really good but you know you mentioned this before when you were talking about the wheelhouse for the band was kind of 11 to 15 minute jams they're not waiting as long for these things to develop and one of the things that i thought about listening to this ghost and really the start of this show is can they turn it on and turn it off whenever they want to access that level of intensity or depth in the music and they knew they had to come out and play a good show because of the the situation and they do it in truncated jams here that are very good very re-listenable that's one of the things we always talk about here is can you go back and listen to these tunes this ghost is easily one of my favorites from this summer tour. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of pulls in the fish brackets <laughs> and is a good example of why Ghost is, you know, a consistent top song, you know, in the mindset of fish fans. 
Yeah, I mean, it's old reliable. It's one of those jam vehicles that they can get into a really fun exploratory space without a, lo a long launch pad, you know, a runway. Like, they could just be drop right into the jam. And part of that comes, I think, out of having done it so much in this particular framework that I don't think that it's like rehearsed or scripted, but there's like a path laid before them that they're just re entering right so it makes it a little bit easier whereas like if they're coming out of like wave of hope like you were mentioning before it still gets the jam vehicles but the path out of it i feel is a little bit hazier and there's a little more exploring to get into it there's no haze in front of ghosts like they come out of ghosts and they're in the fucking jam um and so like their 11 to 15 minute jams really i think have a little more you know punch to them uh this one was great i agree i think this was a phenomenal ghost this and um Vegas last year, that ghost was really good. I think Ghost is kind of seeing a AC ghost. Yeah, AC ghost was great, and then the ghost that I guess postponed New Year's in April was like a different type of. I actually was gonna ask you, did you think like within the past year are they playing ghosts like differently? Are they they're really trying something with ghosts, which I thought it was interesting that you did the ghost bracket. Oh yeah, I totally, I totally skipped over the whole bracket thing. <laughs> I know. Well, it's fine, just because like it's interesting that like you did a ghost bracket and it was, I was in there a little bit and, and trying to listen to them, but I found myself like I just saw like a bunch of good ones and I didn't listen to those and I maybe I should have went back. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's what maybe started me getting back into that was I did go back and listen to that April one and I was like. It's like this upside down shit, and then the one in AC was kind of wild. I and listening to this, same thing. I'm like, man, they're really, um, they really like the song. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my end result. I guess of my analysis. I guess a lesson I learned from listening to all the songs during the Ghost Breakfast. There's so many of them from '97, right? When it came out, they just hit it so often, but they did it so many different ways and so well that right from the beginning it didn't get locked down into you know like it had that flexibility it's a, you know i that was the first song we did a bracket for that was just one song like we've had like jam brackets 3.0 2.0 1.0 we've had you know like halloween brackets and new years and we've done the big fish bracket which is literally every single song in the catalog like like 400 but i've never done a, an entire bracket that was just one song and even though there's other songs that have done better, like Tweezer and Yam um, and Hood, I think were the three songs that won the bracket before Ghost did. Ghost was the only one that I really wanted to do a, a dedicated bracket for because I wouldn't mind listening to 32 different Ghosts in a couple of weeks, right? I don't know if I would do that with any other song where you get dive in that deep on a song. Maybe maybe Tweezer because there's a lot of variety. That's probably the other one. Sure. But like I don't think I would listen to like. 32 Julius's, you know, <laughs> in I a wouldn't. Week. Like, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I would not. Skinny definitely <laughs> would not participate in that activity. 32 versions of Shade. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't throw Shade, but man, Word. that song. Well, you know, we go from really fire ghost, and you mentioned Julius, and I don't know if I would listen to 32 versions of Julius. I don't know if I ever want to listen to this version again. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because I like Julius. I have no problem with Julius. It's a great tune. I love it. But 
Trey's vocals here, I mean, he's going like line to line. He's going, yeah, you know, singing normal and then and like it's literally line to line stick with it high or stick with it low but this going back and forth shit like i honestly i can't <laughs> commit Trey, commit else in this julius but trey's vocals and trey if you ever listen to this podcast i love you you're awesome but bro trey listens i'm sure he does. i don't know if it's working <laughs> I don't know if it's working. This vocal stylings. You know what I think he was doing? I think he w- had in his mind that he wanted to do Moon Age Daydream later in the set, but he didn't have a set break to see if his voice was there. So he's like, Julius is a throwaway. Let me just pick a couple lines up, see if I have it tonight. Okay, we'll do Moon Age later. No, you're right. And l- listen, I'm going to give the good first to Julius. It for me and a lot of people there that night is a get down and dance, like an old drinking whiskey at the bar type song, right? Like it's after all the jams and everything that we did, it was kind of like a return to this is a dance party, which is always a part of any good fish show. At some point, it is just a dance party. So like Julius really brought that in, but you're right. The vocals were a little... Experimental at best. I don't know. A little, a little off. Yeah, and I don't, I don't come to fish for the vocals. I, no, I, I don't. And, <laughs> and actually, you, You're you probably would be surprised, but my, my favorite singer in the band is actually the chairman. I love Paige's vocals. Oh, love Paige. Paige, Paige doesn't sing nearly enough. That's true. I skipped over this one, by the way, fellas. I didn't even. I figured not. Well, good. I mean, it would have annoyed the piss out of you. I would have probably turned it off. But this is something, I feel like this is something he's been doing since, you know, the pandemic. And, you know, maybe he had a voice coach and he's trying to hit some higher ranges. I didn't think about them. Wait a minute. That's the rumor, isn't it? Isn't that the rumor that he has a voice coach? I think he does, yeah. Yeah, when we were seeing Phil and friends years ago. He apparently was trying a lot of, of, of tunes, even like playing Unbroken a lot and things like that, that that were never played because of certain things that he couldn't hit in his range. And he hired like a voice coach. And there were times when we would see them, you could kind of tell he was attempting different keys in his voice to, to, to match whatever sound he was putting out there. If and, you listen to Fish now and listen yeah. to Fish in like mid 3.0, like 14, 15, 16, it's night and day difference. I, I think it was either, I don't know, because they were similar, I think, in a time period, but it was somewhere between Fare Thee Well and the David Bowie Halloween. He decided, like, I need to get this. Because there was the whole thing with, like, Let Trey sing, and he was singing a lot of songs in Chicago and stuff, and really, I think, exposed. And then by the time they had to do that Bowie set, like, he, Trey, from before that time, could never have done that Bowie set. It's true. Like, we put the guitar, Trey Anastasio putting his guitar down to sing on a stage. Like, yeah, that yeah. was crazy. We were there for And that. he hit yeah, it too, right? Crazy. So I feel yeah, like there's did. definite improvement, but it's not consistent all the time, right? And I feel like this night was an example. Julius was an example of not hitting it. But there was, I think he definitely is a coach. There's too much improvement, you know? Yeah. And, and when you go through improvement, there's going to be setbacks. And so that's 
That also circles look, back to our other conversation. Was look like, at us critiquing Chain of Stasia. I can't play a note on the guitar. It was so cool. I couldn't carry a tune if I had a right. but. But that's where the douchiness comes in, isn't it? Where people are like, ah, man, it just sucks. It's not and douchey like, if you can laugh at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just like, does it really suck? Or are you just like, why are you so mad at it? But anyway, they, go ahead, the Ju- I mean, the Julius is fun. It's you know, it's a fun, it's a good dance party tune. And I think it, the placement here is really good after a bunch of heavy hitters there. It's a nice... I mean, you can't even really call it a breather, but it, 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 it brings people back a little bit. I think you described that well. It's a mental breather, too, right? Because you're not, I don't know, my mind when they're in a type two jam, it's a lot It's a lot more, I don't want to say straining because it's good. Like it feeds it, but it, 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 there's a way more interaction with different parts of my brain sure. about where they're going. They're telling a story, the imagination part of it. Well, you don't you know, know where they're going when they're jamming, you know, and you don't know, you know where they're going. And even like the movement, right? Like you're not really dancing. Cause you know what? It's like, it's all over. So there it, it's more taxing, right? It's also more rewarding in a lot of ways, but it's more taxing on you. But then you get a Julius and like a, just a straight, you know, swing song. And like, you know, how, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, scripted for you so then you could just relax and enjoy and let all that other stuff go i sound like a maniac man (laughs) describing my mind at a fish show (laughs) well if you're a maniac then i'm psycho (laughs) you get a julius but then you get a nice reba here love Um, it really touching version this is a beautiful version very clean version of reba here and they didn't you know it was 13 minutes but it was not rushed it felt very comfortable and had a little bit of room to breathe again you're talking about setless construction here i'm loving what they've played up to this point i mean at this point you got to be standing there like all right we, you know we're gotten a Karini, you enjoy myself a ghost and a Reba in the first five right. songs of this show. You know, you gotta be. Yeah, like what's next? This, I was kind of so I was immune to those thoughts in this particular night. I, I understand those thoughts and I do that at shows all the time. The anticipation, the set list game, like what are we gonna get? What are they gonna open with? But that, I think that was so much tied to the set structure, opening, closer, opening, closer, and like where you're at like, cause I could always look at my watch during the summer at a show and I was like Okay, it's 10.30. I knew at that point where I was. But in this night, because we started at a weird time, I didn't know, nobody knew if they were allowed to play late or not, if there's a noise ordinance. There was no traditional set list structure. So I really, I mean, had no idea where in the trajectory we were. So every time they came out with something, it just, you know, amplified what was going on. And Reba was a perfect amplification. I mean... And, and also to your point too, like how clean it was, because it's not always the best executed song these days, right? Like there's, that is one of those songs that's flub prone, but this particular version I felt like was kind of like a clinic on it, right? Like it was a perfect example of what, not the best Reba, but what Reba should be. And it had whistling, so, you, can, you know, it, it was a full package. Yeah, you gotta love the whistling, man. And the composed piece into the drop, like Josh said, there's nothing like that. I remember years ago at the garden, you know, when it was east and west, you know, when they had it sectioned off and I think west was the front. We were really up close and they played a sick Reba and, you know, it's the New Year's run and just, you know, you look at your 
friend or your crew. And you're just, it's 2012, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you're just like, oh my god, that drop, and like you're right in front of it. I would have felt the same way uh, about this drop. I love I, that, probably that, and the "You Enjoy Myself" drop, and even the beginning of a ghost, the way it drops in. Um, sometimes I don't know. A lot of good drops. A lot of good drops. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Totally. And what? Ghost beat Reba in the last tune, head-to-head tunes bracket, right? Yeah, the last fish bracket. Yeah, and you said something interesting about that is like, you know, if you look at Ghost over five versions, right? And then you look at Reba over five versions, you're going to get probably more meat on the bones out of the Ghosts. Yeah, 100%. Than you are out of the Reba's. But everybody loves Reba. Yeah, no, everybody loves Reba. You know, so I think that's the nostalgic pick. But the problem is, is if you, not problem, but the thing is, if you listen to 32 Rebas, like in that framework, <laughs> it's just a gradient of cleanness and execution and attack and tempo. It's not right. a different animal altogether. Whereas along that same spectrum of ghosts, it's entirely different creations right so it's a different thing i think 100%. you saw the same thing in the first two rounds of the fish the first two years of the fish bracket the very first year tweezer won and the second year yam won but that first championship it was that same idea of like a beautifully composed and written piece versus an incredible jam vehicle and you know based on my limited data it's the jam vehicle that wins out. If you have two equal monsters going against each other, it's the jam vehicle. So I think that's why Ghost beat Reba. Having both of them in the same night, though, was incredible. Yeah, I bet. Like, were you like, I'm going to have a drop-in bracket? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many cool back ideas. That, that would turn a lot of heads. <laughs> After the Reba, we get uh, close to a 10-minute tube. Skinny, skinny only likes tube when it gets close to 10 minutes. Hershey ruined me. Hershey ruined me. It's a 20-minute tube. Like, what do you want me to size do? Size queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total size queen. Like, He's all about length and time when it comes to tube. Only with tube. Only with yeah. tube. Yeah. Only with tube. Like, what do you want me to do, man? I mean, Harris Whittles said, like, bring back the 10 minute too but this is 955 they actually do too like right away get right into the jam yeah that's what i was gonna say within a minute they're in a jam <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like they rush through the lyrics and i was like all right cool you knew this one was gonna pack a little bit of a punch for me it has a little bit of an almond brothers ish kind of feel about halfway through yeah I, I don't know what it was whether it was you know just kind of the way train page were going back and forth but there i just or, you know maybe i just listened to some almond brothers recently and it kind the tone kind of stuck in my head and it sounded similar but i'm a sucker for a good tube and again i feel like you're looking at best setless construction and i would be hard pressed to write a better set up to this point yeah What's great about Tube and all these songs is that they have, and like maybe sometimes it's overlooked or forgotten when you're looking just at a set list, is it has these built-in crowd moments. So like when you're doing the podcast thing and we're going back and re-listening, we're like, yeah, the jam and how dense it was and has this great groove. But the nice thing about it is the drop at the end where it goes into the the swung feel. Yeah, 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 sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that is a built-in construction that is designed to erupt 
the 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 crowd and and a lot of the songs that you see on this reba had it yam had it go set like and so tube is a great song to catch at a show because of the construct of it that said the jam was also really great i mean it was I, it was short it was dense i agree it didn't have that that length but um i mean not short but no it wasn't i mean you know now and i that's what i expect out of a tube i mean if i get to 10 minutes we laugh i'm like i'm like this is getting to eight minutes like holy shit <laughs> so and then right it'll always is fall it jammed yeah and but i love that too like you're saying that construction where it it breaks down at the end and then it, it like it's just this furious tempo that brings it back into the tube and then it ends and even if it's shorter I, the, the one that pissed me off i'll tell you is the one from magna freaking magna ball they played it in the daytime. They had a laboratory set up, like in the like the yard, that they could have lit up and played like a thirty-minute tube. And they played it like the <laughs> second day in the first set. And I was like, "What? It's like a three-minute actual fuck are you guys doing?" Now that was—is that when that uh that account did they jam tube? Is that when that came out? You guys familiar with him? No. Oh, there's a, an account on Twitter that's did they jam tube, and all he tweets is follow him. they either he basically says yes or no whenever they play tube. I'm curious if this one would be considered jammed out or not. I would say yes if I were I him. Think so if, if that was my yeah, I would, I yeah, would give, I would give yes. I, yeah, I would give anything over probably eight minutes right. on a tube. Is, I would give anything. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely. And then you get a nice almost 16 minute tweezer. After that, so now we're you know mid set here. The segs from one song into another. Now there was a little bit of a break uh, after the Reba and the Tube went into the Tweezer, but having those segues, we saw them in uh, the beginning, the Karini into You Enjoy Myself, and then into Ghost. But then you get into this Tweezer. I mean, at this point... It's an embarrassment of riches for a set list. It's an embarrassment of riches. That is a great way. It's like getting every single Christmas present you want under the tree and finding the Red Rider BB gun in the corner. In the Red Rider. You know what? <laughs> you know, after all the presents have been opened. This, I think, maybe, if any anxiety came into your head throughout the night, this might be when you start thinking, what do they have left for the rest of this run? Because now they're just unloading all the fucking monster hits but uh no um god this was a good tweezer i don't know it wasn't like i'm really i'm gonna stand i'm gonna stand for this show i'm gonna, I'm gonna fanboy out for this night i guess that's the whole point of stubbing you guys down right but like yeah this yeah, tweezer, great this yeah. tweezer was so so good and and that's the thing about tweezer these days too because there's been so many that have been so good probably in the last five years i i think that's okay when people are like well that's my favorite tweezer. Like that tweezer rocked. You know, that's another thing we go back. We keep circling back here. You know, like oh, it's not as good as whatever. And it's like I think tweezer is one of those things. Not only is it a jam vehicle and it can bring out so many other things in a set, but also it's always pretty good. Like I I can deal with that. I don't think I've ever heard a tweezer that I was like, Meh. never. Like, I don't think that's ever happened. So, you know, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I can't think of a bad tweezer off the top of my head. And I think the only time you would say it was a bad tweezer is if you were doing a direct comparison. But thankfully, I can't do that, right? So, 
I'm not burdened with that knowledge of a million brilliant tweezers. Ignorance yeah. is bliss on that one, right? right? <laughs> well, and they get into like right around the, the 640 mark, and I was wondering if it was a tease or something, but Trey kind of starts playing this like repetitive hook, and it's, I don't know, six or seven notes, and we're not musicians. Well, I'm not a musician. It's the Streets of Cairo, right? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's Streets of because Cairo. Because that, that's one of those teases that I never get, and I've probably heard a dozen times. <laughs> but that continues. I mean, they, they stick with that. It's not just a, a couple measures. They stick with that for— It's a, little, it's a while, uh, yeah. You know, a good portion of this jam, and even you know towards the end, you can hear them tease that out a little bit. But it just added that other element. Like, they weren't just going through the motions on this tweezer. They were doing something cool. They're adding teases. The pace of it was not like this super fast ripping through jam. They didn't really take it quite type 2 ambient, but it had it kept moving forward and had a real nice groove to it, man. I mean, and that's, again, it goes back to the re-listenability. Like, so far, every song on this set, maybe aside from the Julius, has a pretty strong re-listenability factor for me, for, for what I like and where I jam. Yeah, full agreement. The What's the Use That Follows, we don't have to talk about this too much. It's a night nice, for me, it's a nice pin drop version. And I kind of hold up all What's the Uses to the Magnaball version because of standing in the middle of that crowd and i've never heard a fish crowd that silent as i did during the magna what's the use and this has a little bit of echoes so you know was it as quiet there in that kind of reflective moment when they bring it way down i'm gonna say yes based on my memories but I, I didn't like turn it up on the stereo and do analysis, so somebody else might be able to prove me wrong. But my <laughs> my recollection of the moment was the, the contrast of the tweezer and everything I just seen versus that what's the use and both equally energetic in the exact opposite ways. One was a very out loud expression of the crowd's energy. And then what's the use was a focused, attentive crowd exerting their energy on that focus and to not break it. And I don't think anyone around me, at least, broke that focus. It was completely locked in. Thank God. Like, you don't want to be the dick that's yelling during what's the use. Yeah. yeah. Say, don't do that. <laughs> right. It's fun. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful. I mean, there's so many good what's the uses. But that's like, they almost overdo it now, though. I feel like it might start to lose it. It's like, pull it back, fish. You know, they broke it out a lot this year, but um, right. it was great. You know, I at listening to it, which I paid attention to this one today out of pretty much everything. There's almost like a start-stop to it, and almost like they stopped playing. Yeah, to like to take to take uh, take it in and take note, right? Yeah, it's, it was like almost like a divided sky type of pause, like. It was pretty significant, which I don't know. I, I might. I feel like sometimes as a fan, I'm not paying attention to this song too much. Like, I, I love that jam, and I like when it gets kind of quiet in the house, wherever you are. And it, I like when they create that focus, so you don't have like you know Justin screaming like, "Where are you?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm but right here, or whatever. I love you, can't. Trey. Yeah, <laughs> or like whatever it is. 
um, you know, that, Baba Booey. Yeah, that, <laughs> that the guy is, it's usually the guy, is screaming guy. at the top. Or the woo girl. There's like there's the woo girls. Sure. No, but they can't do that, though. That I think that maybe the thing I realized is that they can't do that during a shitty show. Hmm. Or, 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 or not fire show. Like, I don't want to be, like, all downer. But, like, I've seen shows where... The crowd's not 100% into it, and they're not hitting all their marks. At least maybe – or even a set, right? Like the first set. And then they try to do a ballad or something, and everybody starts talking, and like all the chompers and noobs. and, and You know what I mean? And that you can't do what's the use in that slot. It, it's a similar low volume, but it has to have a, be a fire show because it has to have 100% attention for it to right. work. You have to have their attention. And the fact that it worked in the show, I think, is a sign that it was a good show. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the placement there like would be something that I'm like, oh, no, it's great there. Yeah. You can hear, even on an odd version, you can hear that there is an intention in the crowd, not just you know from the stage. That They're like, everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I yeah. I know they played this a hundred times. You know, I don't want to hear you talk about how you've heard this before or scream something else or whatever. Which is, I always appreciate that when kind of like a tweezer comes all the way up here. Obviously, you can't see my hands above my head. <laughs> they're way above his head, though. They're, at, they're way at least, above my head. at least two and a half to three feet above his head. <laughs> and then. They bring it down with like a what's the use? I, I or sometimes I think about like a tomorrow never knows or, or something a little bit quieter. I like that. So I, I, I thought that was significant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, too. Like people are paying attention if they are in that spot and they bring it down to that point. You know who is with the band and you know who is like, nah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty apparent, but I think I think I think a lot of those people left though when it rained the first time. If you were in the venue, had to go back to your car. The people that came running in for those five minutes to catch it were the ones that weren't going to be talking during what's the use. All all the people that would be all talking, the they all left. Out. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true too. I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. Fish brings it up again after a really nice pin drop version of what's the use with a standalone week of pod groove we don't see these two often in fact the last time we saw this not that long ago july 9th 2019 at mohegan sun but before that you got to go back to 2003 to see a week with no mics they split one up earlier this year i think though where they did the week one night and the mics the other night or it might have been one set and the other set Hmm. But yeah, uh, it, I mean, it is a unique be. one. I missed it, but yeah, I mean, and it's a, the where the play, again. I think it's a placement piece coming out of the what's the use, and then there is like a no man in no man's land tease about halfway through, and then they play nomads. So there really is that connective tissue through here, but you know, Weekapog is oh, and they sandwich it too, so they they end with the pod at the end yeah. too. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I got I got to tell you I would be this would be the part of the show where if I was in disagreement like talking about like what you want I would have been like why didn't they just play a mics because the no man's is only five minutes or so right five or six minutes like that seemed like they teased it so they're like I'll oh, play it and then go back into the week of pod but 
again, like I, I'm not trying to be critical of what they're choosing, especially in a one-set show, and it's it's a one-off too. There's not like it's kind of like a if you're chasing stats, like this would be something that you had never seen before. I don't know. I would have rather they played like a, a fire mics and then did a week of pod, but that's just me. Am I wrong? <laughs> I wasn't there, so everybody's like, fuck you, skinny. You know I mean, that's your about. opinion. You can't be wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can't be wrong. No, I, um, I mean, I think this is where the first questionable decision, I think, of the night for me. I feel like the set list up until this point was perfect. Really, like, just an absolutely stellar. And then this was sure. questionable, but I think if I toil and ponder on it i probably fall to the side of liking that it happened this way because i agree i if you put mics up against no men's and a head-to-head or even with like a hydrogen because that's the other thing with mics you get like the hydrogen or right. you know contact maybe something else yeah that they put in there <laughs> something yeah else. yeah but but like if you put that just directly head to get against no men's i would obviously take mike but for the uniqueness and specialness and you know, being truncated or reshaping out of your control, just like the night was, right? Like this is a microcosm for the night. You lost that first set, you lost that initial setup or whatever, and and then that's how this mic's groove with kind of you know that this version of that groove. Right. Yeah. It just went into a direction that they chose. Like they were making choices here, like to go yeah. into a no man. And it's not like. You know, they no did man. that so much though this year where they did sandwiches that were I feel like it was like a almost th- this is gonna sound douchey but like it was almost <laughs> like a cheap out you know what I mean like it was like oh let's just do this quick little sandwich so we don't have to do you know the crazy 20 minute jam like it was like it was like I don't know fan service almost but like almost like cheap or something but they did that with the disease which I'd never seen before though so like in AC when they brought that disease back after like, what? Did, yeah, what the they did that all was. year. Yeah, it was like there was something in that sandwich, but the disease was pretty much jammed out. And like, I talk about this all the time. God, I'm so sick of seeing like second set fucking down with diseases. Like, <laughs> like just stop. You know what I mean? Like that's per- again personal problem, personal issue. With first world white guy problem. Right? Yeah, first, first world 52-year-old white guy. You know, and they're all like 25-minute diseases, too. They're all like fucking dope as shit. But uh, I got a movie so called, My movie's got single white douchebag going to concerts. But anyway, like, I just... I liked when they brought that disease back, and I'm like, you know, I'm not a hater, but I'm like, ugh. And then they brought it back, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fucking awesome so you know <laughs> I hate I mean? that you know me so well Trey <laughs> right. he was looking right at me when he did it so I just thought it was it, it's interesting more to me than I'm like I and I listened to it and I liked it it wasn't like I was like oh this sucks I'm realizing not only that there's like this there's this reason why they're doing things that the way that they're doing on this particular night yeah I might have said to myself not to anybody else like uh eh, what happened to the mics? That's about <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what you you know, what you know look at here as you get to the end of the show, you've got Weekapog, No Men's is under six, then they go back into Weekapog, then Moonage, Daydream, Chalk Dust, and Moonage is six minutes, and Chalk Dust is almost seven. So there's not the depth that you might 
necessarily hope for or be looking for towards the end of the set like there's not that last big jam i mean the last big jam was the tweezer which was you know six songs ago almost but by the time you get to the end of the show so i feel like depending on how you're trying to evaluate that if you're going to get a you know a mic's groove and you get the mics the hydrogen maybe they throw something else in there and then a week of pog you're going to get the sweet they would have been very short versions right they, it, but you're, yeah. you're getting the yeah. suite of music which sometimes i think feels longer than them kind of chopping it up and playing a couple of different songs, right? But you don't really have that kind of big jam to close the show. You know, the second to last song is a 15 or an 18 minute piece. Oh, it's just okay. It's interesting because when you say that, it's like the set is upside down. Like if you cut Chalk Dust off and flipped it over, mm. so I went, started the show with Moon Age, then Wikipod, No Man's, or What's the Use, Tweezer, and worked your way that way. And then you ended with a Yem into Karini and then the type one chalk dust that would be like a traditional right. set and they literally just flip the shit upside down you're actually which kind of dude, I, that is like the I think it worked with the rain I was saying maybe we should tell Tim we should start from the fucking encore back and read this set and and talk about it and then come to the the beginning like experience of the show based on the way that it's designed because I felt that way with the, the Moon Age and the, and the Chalk Dust at the end. Like even that Pebbles and Marbles encore, I know we're kind of jumping ahead, which is fine, but like, I'm like, man, I thought about that. That's crazy, dude. Do you have ESP? Because I'm like, I thought about <laughs> saying to Josh, Look and I SP. Know he like, I don't know, dude. We, we, we have a certain structure to the show. Like, maybe we'll do that, like, down the road. We'll just, like, go backwards. But this is, that's a perfect example. It is, but I feel like Moon Age Daydream is starting to fill a spot towards the end of shows now. And I would, I don't yeah, have statistics yeah. on where it's been played, but I feel like it's... And it has a little bit of grandioseness to it. Sure. Right? I don't know if that's a recall to, like, MGM... Or if it's just Bowie's legacy coming through, or what, or if it's the way Trey sings it. But there's, it's a little bit like 20 years later, you know, like there's like some songs that have that little. It's arena rock. Yeah, yeah, the grandiose arena rock nature of it. So it fits towards the end. It's just, I don't know, the, the short boom, 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 you know, three punch to hit end the show is different from that aspect but it, i think it was a good spot for it sure well and it was it, it wasn't necessarily it didn't necessarily the the three six seven eight minute tunes at the end of the set didn't necessarily match up with how the set started right so you really see over the course of this set a little bit of the deeper exploration they got to it quickly so the jams weren't as long but there was still that exploration and then you also had the, you know, we're going to check some boxes tunes towards the end of the set. But, I mean, I'll take a seven-minute Chalk Dust. Chalk Dust is tune I've seen the most out of any fish tune. And, you know, I think Pebbles and Marbles is an interesting choice as an encore there. Wait a minute. Aren't you not going to talk about Trey's vocals in the Chalk Dust? <laughs> some more vocal stylings <laughs> there. Are talking I, about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some stylings were definitely in that Chalk Dust, which I was like, oh. Okay. I should admit something <laughs> for full transparency. I don't typically listen to the vocals at Fish, and a lot of people, like Kevin and I on, on our show, 
argue about this all the time because he'll heavily judge a song based on the lyrics right or how <laughs> how well trey or mike sings it and it's not that i have anything against the lyrics or whatever but i'm so typically for me locked into like fish and mike and like the rhythm section and the groove and a lot of what like pay you know what i mean like i just get super hyper focused on what the band's doing i won't even know if they sang you know what i mean like i'll be it'll, it'll completely escape me so not that that's not a value like that is definitely a good critique of the vocals i think and a valid one i just have trouble commenting on it because it just i don't give a shit you know what I mean? like i don't notice You're not it. here for the vocals it's right. not something yeah. i pick yeah. up on it passes you by that happens with a lot of stuff like when you talk about any show like people will be like Oh, you didn't hear like when this happened or that, and I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> not at all. I guess I got to go back and re-listen to it. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. Chuck Dust is a great way to end a show, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I liked when they were doing. When did they start bringing back like the Chalk Dust reprise? When was that? 2019, like on that winter tour. Yeah, maybe. Charleston, they did that. Yeah. Like, maybe they did it before then. Like that pre-MSG tour. I want to say 19, maybe. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's what I think. When we were in Charleston, because we were in Charleston night three, too. Like, I'm not trying to bring up bad memories. <laughs> I we wa- we walked out during the rides come together, so don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. But anyway. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's what I, I would have rather had. Again, here, here we're talking about choices. If you would have rather had maybe Chalk Dust in there, too, and then they bring it back as a reprise. But again, I don't know. I, I'm just talking out my ass right now at this point. It was a powerhouse set. And I think the context unique to this one that is important to remember is that like around Wikipod was when a normal set would be ending or what's the use, right? So you're, again, that like mm-hmm. the pre- conceive like the the built-in part of your brain of like what it's supposed to fit we're already past that right so when he starts playing moon age daydream you're like oh that's a weird way to end a set sure. right like you know what i mean and then to get the chalk dust like it, it's just that a, a continuing an elevation of where we're at and then right with, so anything after that you thought it was basically gravy right? it was i think anything after tweezer was was gravy i think that whole end was all just fuck yeah i pour it on and then uh, the pebbles and marbles encore i love pebbles by the way so i don't know if my tone's gonna portray like a different but i feel like that was them reminding everybody that there was two more nights of the run because like really the whole night was just blowing you away and they're like all right let's bring it back down let's bring it in an intricate interesting song that's a little mellower that we haven't you know we don't bust out all the time because we still have two more nights to do this like we're on a journey because, I mean, I don't know. It was way more energetic. And then that was kind of like a, a breath. And then, oh, yeah, reprise. Or reprise. <laughs> I like reprise better. <laughs> Which Josh says is the best three minutes in rock and roll. And I don't disagree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, It is and, perfect. Yeah. And I yeah. I like the Pebbles and Marbles. That's, that's one of my favorite songs. It reminds me a lot of my wife. I mean, we started seeing shows when we first met. And, you know, she started a blaze with one tiny spark that reminds me of her so that's kind of like where i'm at with that so yeah i would have probably been like a wash in 
love and affection and i know everybody else is like i fucking what this guy sucks <laughs> but i don't i don't really care about that and then the yeah fuck are them reprise. yeah fuck them exactly yeah you know what a little self-promotion in our second season there's a great episode uh, hearts it's called hearts in hartford and it's about christian and the first show that he and amy went to in hartford in what was that 2016 yeah it's a great episode it's a love story Aww. go check yeah. it out <laughs> That's cool. I mean, you know. You know, look, look, this is what we do, though. I mean, it's all about connection, right? right? And, like, yeah. you know what? My wife goes to shows with me, and it's the best fucking thing ever. Right. You know? And yeah, it's cool. You know? So. Yeah, my wife's my favorite show partner, too. It's, you know, I, I, I hit a couple of shows without her this summer, and I quickly decided this was the first year I had done that. And I quickly decided at the end of the tour that I didn't want to do that anymore. Because as an amazing of, of time as I had at that one, like she couldn't make it out this year. And by the end of the run, I was like, no, I want her there. Like that's yeah. that was the decision I made. It's not worth going, you know, unless you could do it together. So I definitely hear that. And you know what's cool about that is too, it's great when the ladies kind of talk and so the dudes can talk. So you get <laughs> you get back in your tribe and then, you know, you're like, all right, honey, let's go. And she's like, you know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it. So I, I like that. Hey, however you like to do your show, you like to do your show. Skinny, you want to review this set one more time for the people? Yeah, sure. Fish from 9 to 2022, Commerce City, Colorado. Set one, which is the only set, Karini into You Enjoy Myself, into A Ghost, into Julius, Reba, Tube, into Tweezer, into What's the Use, into Weekapod, Groove, into No Men in No Man's Land, into Weekapod, Groove, into Moon Age Daydream, into Chalk Dust Torture, and then they encore with Pebbles and Marbles, and then Tweezer Reprise, and that's that for one set one set and i will say you know overall for the the whole weekend of shows this was up there i think all four nights were very good but you had a stacked set list you have some very re-listenable jams with definitely the tweezer definitely the ghost the tube the Karini, i think definitely has some re-listenability i mean obviously there's a lot of Karinis and stuff that you can find but they packed a lot into this single set show, which I feel the band feels obligated to do when they have these situations, however infrequently. You know, you got a good one, and then you still had two more, so, you know, <laughs> that's not too bad. I think this was a highlight for me. This was definitely the highlight of the week. It was, a, I mean, obviously, it was the one night I chose out of the, out of the four. And I, I think they wanted it too. Like I, I agree with the obligation. They felt obligated to deliver with the short set, but I think they also were relieved sure. to be able to come out and play. So it's very natural and authentic too. So yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, man, it's it's been awesome to talk to you about this show and also the experience that you were able to kind of pontificate about. Like, I know you were probably like, no, I'm not doing it justice, but. You did it justice, man. Like, we love to hear that <laughs> stuff. And, and that's kind of awesome. where we're at with our show is like, we want to hear about people's experiences with music. And, and, and thank you so much for sharing that, Tim. Yeah, my pleasure. 
Skinny, I just want to mention our friends over on the lot by Primal Soup. A couple of shops to talk about as you guys get ready for your holiday purchases. Four Winds Handmade is a company on the lot. They also have an Etsy shop. They make glass art for you and your home. Put it simply, Kristen makes rainbows. So she's got sun catchers, different sizes, small and large pieces, prisms, wind chimes, all sorts of stuff that will illuminate your room in a number of colorful ways. And we also want to mention a strange design company, Skinny. They made our stickers. They have oh, yeah. a number of different stickers. Obviously, anything song-specific, Fluffhead, Antelope, Camel Walk, whatever your favorite song is, they probably have a sticker, but then they also have lyrics. So you can find your favorite sticker, your favorite tune on Strange Design Co. And they are all available on the lot by Primal Soup. Skinny, we are uh, in need of a re-up on stickers. More stickers. (laughs) Do we want a new design or are we sticking with this? I mean, hey, I'm game. I'm game for whatever. Maybe we'll get some of the old and maybe we'll we'll do a redesign and uh, we definitely have to hit up Strange Design. I don't know. Is it just going to be like maybe me and you? Like on a sticker, <laughs> that would hey, be bad. Dude, we gave out a thousand. <laughs> somewhere there are a thousand stub me down stickers out somewhere. there. I mean, they're everywhere. They're across the country, from California to Maryland, Florida. We've we've got them everywhere. Um, so pocket of somebody's jeans that they haven't washed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I also want to mention our friend over there, Scott Mitchell at Fan Design. That's P H A N D E S I. G-N-Z, everything that's really cool ends in a Z. Scott has great stuff from all across the jam band scene, but really, in particular, Eggy and Goose. And I know that he is, and I mentioned this on the last episode, is that Scott has designed like the pins for Eggy, and he's a huge Eggy fan. They just played 8x10 down here in Baltimore, close to us. So, Scott, good on you. He's doing great. Uh, designing posters for this Taboos tour. He's doing a lot of stuff. Uh, Surrender to the flow. There was stuff we couldn't talk about because he was like, don't talk about it yet until I get it. Like, I'm able to talk about it. So, he's able to talk about it now. So, <laughs> we just want to mention Scott over there at Fan Designs. Please check him out. He's got great stuff. I mean, I'm wearing his Arcadia hat right now. It's, it's awesome. So, yeah, great lids over there, too. Tim, we just want to say thanks. We hope that uh, Wook Plus live. <laughs> if you're saying live, you're doing it wrong. We have Mark Crane on tomorrow, but by the time you're listening to this podcast, it would have already happened. So go back and watch the interview with Mark Crane and tell us how we did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We get no feedback, so we'll get some. <laughs> Like, I'll write awesome. a comment like, this show is awesome. And uh, <laughs> Wook Plus Live is awesome, man. Kevin, you, just like the guys that you have on and some of the topics that you're talking about. Josh and I have a lot of gratitude, not only for what we do, but also for what people do in the scene. You being on our show and having that connection with you, it really means a lot to us, man. And we just want to say thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. And thank you. I love what you guys do. I'm really happy that you guys invited me on. It's always a thrill to come and do this kind of stuff. It's fun to talk fish with friends, right? Like, that's really what it is. So I had a blast. A hundred percent. I mean, that's basically why we started this podcast is because we wanted to talk about fish. 
and music with each other. Yeah, agreed. We've made a bunch of other friends and uh, happy to count you as one of them, man. So thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. If you guys want to follow us on the socials, you can check us out on Twitter for uh, who knows how much longer, but <laughs> hey, it's still out there. We are at stub underscore me underscore down. We are also on Instagram at the same address, stub underscore me underscore down. And Skinny, we now have a Reddit account which is also stub underscore me underscore down. So if you are looking for a new social media, depending on what happens with Twitter, Reddit, hopefully maybe will be a place my wife swears there, by like Reddit. Brownie recipes on there and stuff like what's going on on Reddit. <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. It's actually, it's actually, uh, it's actually kind of cool. I don't really, okay. I can't really explain it. Um, and I won't try right now, but, right, cool. um, anyway, just another way to keep up with us. I don't know. They have like some rules about self-promotion, so I don't know what it's, I don't know how we promote a, a podcast. Um, if it's against the rules, I'm but sure we'll fuck it up. <laughs> we'll figure it out somehow. As always, we thank you guys for checking us out here on Stummy Down. Tim, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down to the path. Later, man. See you, Tim. Thanks. Later. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim.